You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, the podcast focused on entertainment and fun. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. My co-host is Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend, and we're bringing you sunshine on a cloudy day. And at the time of recording this, that's super accurate because it is raining outside. Yes, it is. It's actually thunderstorming here. Yes. Big boo. Big, big Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. So, I've decided that the beginning of this show every day when we, or every time when we do our little small talk section, as as you were, uh, I'm gonna start calling this the uh, "What's up with you" section of the show. You know, it's got to be the shortest and sweetest and most to the point part that we do. But there's usually something going on in at least one of our lives. So, Nick. What's up with you? Man, I, you know, I, there's, it's been a, it's been a bit of a week. I, um, I helped my mom move into her new house yesterday. That was, that was, it's a, she's got a really nice house, bro. Like, I, (laughs) The first room I checked out when I got to, when when we got to the house was the basement, and then I lo- I yelled up the stairs to my mom and I said, "Mom, I am building a man cave in your basement, and you have no say in the matter." <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's there's a, there's like a whole ass, that, that, that's a ballsy statement for someone who doesn't live there. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking shit, man! No, um. No, it's for like whenever I go over to like visit and shit. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you gruff. Fair. That's between. That's between you and your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am taking my daughter to Paw Patrol Live um, on the 16th, uh, the uh, Tuesday, the 16th at the Coronado. Performing Arts Center here in Rockford. I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a children's event. I'm not excited for the event. It's I mean I mean I I'm excited for the event itself because I actually like whenever my daughter sits here and watches Paw Patrol, she'll I'll sit here and watch it with her. But I'm more excited to see her reactions. I know she's gonna lose her shit. Yeah, you you've told me before that she's a big fan of the cartoon. So she I'm loves sure it. I'm sure she'll. Does she know that she's going to this yet, or is it a surprise? Oh, this is going to be a major surprise for her. Oh, okay. I, br- I bet I, you can't wait to see. Oh, that I, I most I I absolutely. That's yeah. That's I. That is. It's going to be a memory for the books for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, I. Yeah, uh, work is work, except uh, last Thursday they had a three-hour day at the school, so I only had to, uh, I had to go in during the day that day instead. And normally I hate working during the days, and summer I'm going to be working during the days, so that's going to be hell. It's going to be like 10-hour, or yeah, 10-hour days, four days a week, but I get three days off 
I nice. have three day weekends in the summer. Nice. And it's only a quarter. It's only a quarter of the year, so whatever. But right. Um, I'll have to manage that. It's just going to be the toughest part because that's going to where we're going to be doing the really stupid shit. Because normally we just go from room to room and clean up the mess that the kids and teachers left behind, you know, and that's our normal routine every night at the end of the school day. But during the summer, when we're there during the day, since the kids aren't there, we're going to be doing other things like waxing the floors and like oh, fun. rearranging room, rearranging rooms and like tearing floors up and putting new floor down and lawn care and painting and shit like that. Jesus so Christ. that's going to be fun. But last Thursday was a little bit worth it to be there earlier because they had free food for all the faculty, which... Nice. I technically am as a, as a custodian. It's really weird because I have a little bit of an imposter syndrome thing going on because I'm like, I'm just a custodian. Do I count? Am I allowed to get this food? You Like, I questioned it for a minute in my head, you know, and then somebody asked me, they're like, are you going to get some food? And I'm like, well, I guess I am then. Nice. <laughs> They, awesome. they did say faculty, they did say faculty, and I have a badge that says I work there, so it counts, but it's just this, like, I never thought I'd be working at a school, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. Like, even, even as a janitor, which, you know, people sleep on janitors, like, they, you'd think it's, like, the like the lowest job there, but honestly, I think we get paid more than the teachers, which is sad. Right. <laughs> possibly. Um, the food that day that they gave us, we had pizza, we had like a, like a pasta salad type deal. We had, um, somebody had made like cookie brownies and like carrot cake and pumpkin bread and stuff like that. And we had that and there was a big garbage bag full of Mrs. Mike's potato chips, which is like our version of Mrs. Fisher's out here. Um, You're making me hungry, bro. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was um that was uh that was really good i really um that was worth it i guess there i'm like oh i didn't even have to bring lunch today (laughs) so um and i got to take home some leftovers because custodians usually do twice now i've taken home i've taken home some pasta salad and some cake nice (laughs) and uh I think one time I took home some hot dogs and chili as well. That's awesome. So uh, I feel like that's a good segue for us to jump into the media corner. Yes. Such a pleasure to finally make your acquaintance, Mr. Kennedy. Who the hell are you? All right, everyone, welcome to the Media Corner, the part of the show where we talk about the things that we've watched or played or listened to or read or whatever lately, or the news in the entertainment industry that caught our attention. Nick, what you got for me today? I uh, recently watched the new Scream movie, Scream 6. It's on Paramount+, and holy shit this movie is next level like whole like there was a lot of kills in this and it's more intense not i don't i don't want to get into any spoilers but i will say there's there's some twists that will make you think, wait, what? <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert, people die. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what? In a slasher? No. <laughs> but no, that, that's that's all I got for um for for Scream Six. That because I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay. Okay. The um. I guess I was gonna say, uh, you said so. How, like, how how much did you like it? Like, w- would you give it a rating? I would give it a on a scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. Now, on, if we're talking about a one to ten scale, let's imagine that one through five is bad, and that's just a determiner of how bad. And six through ten is good, and that's you know nine point five. The higher, the higher, the better. Nine point five. Nine point five. Not quite a ten. Not that's qu- high praise. Not, yeah, that's high praise. <laughs> yeah. You have um. Did you have any caveats with it that aren't spoilery? Like any issues? Um, issues? No, they. This. Yeah. Is, like, what? What keeps it from being a perfect ten for you? What keeps it from being a perfect ten is um, they could have uh. They could have had at least I, I th- this is my just my personal opinion. They could have at least had one more like legacy character in there that wasn't in there. Okay. The, it, okay. it was rumored okay. that he was in it, but I'm not gonna say who. I'm pretty sure our listeners, if they're as into the Scream series as I am, uh, I'm pretty sure they could figure out who it is. Okay, I'm pretty sure some of them know who it is. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact some of them have seen it. So, all right, okay, all right. Well, I very recently watched, um, just out of curiosity and on a whim, I decided to watch the uh, Bob's Burgers movie. Oh, that one's um, good. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it really was. I um, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, and you know, I would call it. I would call it decent. It's the. Uh, that's the kind of movie I would get because, like, uh, look, it's based off of a half-hour sitcom, you know. So you're really stretching your A, B, C, and D plots. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those things about shows, like movies based off shows like that, uh-huh. is that instead of, most movies have like an A plot and a B plot, but when you do something like this, you got to have an A plot, B plot, C plot, D plot because every main character has to have their own story, you know. Right. You know, for fan service reasons. So it starts to stretch itself a little thin sometimes for those reasons, and some character arcs feel a little unresolved. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was funny. It was enjoyable. The stakes were kind of high. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've noticed in a lot of movies lately. They're starting to get better at writing high-stakes situations that feel believable and like an actual danger to the characters because so many movies games shit like that all have the main protagonist usually has plot armor Mm -hmm. and you know you know that you know the good guys are gonna win and the bad guys are gonna lose and Mm -hmm. you know and and stuff like that it's all so cliche but lately they've been they've been a little more subversive about that kind of stuff and they've been making the the threats feel a bit more real other example other examples of this is puss in boots the last wish and guardians of the galaxy volume (laughs) three so so, yeah um so i like that this has been the case and i'd say but the bob's burgers movie feels kind of the same way you know it's very uh you know it's more of a grounded like 
family problem type, you know, financial issue, but still. Yeah. But overall, I would give that movie like, a, you know, because it is it, it is what it is, but I'd, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, you okay. Know? That's a passing grade. That's yeah. A, that's a C plus. That's a C plus. Yeah. That's a C plus. Yeah. You know. I'm not uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it. It's not a bad movie. It's just not a it's not a perfect movie either. It's a good it's an okay movie, you know? It's a it's a nice fun romp to turn on in the background when you're cleaning or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what else you got? Um I recent I was scrolling through my uh my suggested videos on YouTube and I came across a trailer of a video game that I have loved since the PlayStation 2 and that is Gran Turismo. I now it says it's based on a true story and and it's based it's not the game is just the game. It's the, the game is itself. But there was a, a a kid that was really good at the the game and he gets into uh, he gets to actually race in a, in a, like in an actual race car. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's it's it's a PlayStation Studios film, and with the fact that the, they've they, they got the the game the, the the game the gaming studio involved with a, a, a true life story a real life story is just awesome because there's there's bound to be like plenty of like PlayStation like. Uh, logos in in the movie or just having having to do everything having to do with the video game itself okay i i i saw the trailer for this for the first time when i saw guardians 3 and i didn't even know it was a thing neither did i I saw that trailer yeah neither did i i um although no i think you did send me an article about it but i hadn't seen a trailer or anything like that until i think i I went to that movie i think i sent you the trailer did you yeah i sent you the trailer okay and i must have meant to watch it and then forgot Uh, and then when it came on at the beginning of the movie (laughs) it's all good so so yeah, um, and what's interesting about this is that this is going to fall under the category of video game movies because it's a PlayStation Productions yes, movie. And absolutely. It's 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 Gran Turismo. They're using the game's logo and title for the movie, but it's not a movie that takes place in the video games universe. It takes yeah. place in the real world, yeah. where it where the video game exists as a video game, yes. like our world. It, it takes place in our world. Yes, exactly. That's where I was, that's what I was trying to explain. Yeah, yeah. Hell, that's it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, um, I, I, it actually looks pretty interesting, and I'll watch anything da- David Harbour's in because he play he really enjoy him as Jim Hopper in Stranger Things. So, and the Red Guardian in Black Widow. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I do have another thing. There is currently a writer's strike going on in Hollywood. And this is because this is due to streaming. Um, This is because streaming services have um, increased revenue and the way that things are being pumped out at the speed they are these days. You know, uh, the writers feel like they deserve to be paid more, which I agree with, honestly. I think they do. 
Um, especially with some of the stories that they're coming up these days. I literally just said it. They're starting to write better stories in some of this content. They need to pay these damn writers. Okay? Like, you don't have a writer, you don't have a story. Um, exactly. So, so I agree. I agree with this strike. The only downside, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for the betterment of these employees' lives is that this is going to have an effect on the production time of some of your favorite shows and and movies and stuff. Yeah. This may cause this may cause delays in things that have yet to start production. I'm really uh, hope- things that were I'm really hoping it doesn't affect manifest. I manifest is already gold, meaning that it is it's already been recorded and finished and it it has a release date. Okay. Um so I, I don't see it affecting it unless they haven't finished every episode. The only way it would affect it is if they haven't written every episode, because this is a writer's strike. That's fair. Um, now, the things that it has affected, though, immediately affected SNL, because that's a live show, and they write that on the weekly. So the writer's strike affected SNL, and it's gone dark. They had to cancel the upcoming Pete Davidson-hosted episode. Damn. Um, and... Now they're just doing reruns. Yep. Um, Damn. Uh, talk talk shows like uh, Jimmy Fallon and whatnot. Um, Obviously, Jimmy uh, Fallon said that he was gonna. Uh, he he um he said that he was gonna continue to pay his staff because the show must go on. Yep. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna um bring that up, but um I used him as an example of talk shows in general, but like, you know, like Seth Meyers and all them. But Jimmy Fallon did say, and bless his heart, that he's going to be paying his writers, you know, Um, which is good. He's a good man. But yeah, this definitely will affect some of the like the daily and nightly talk shows, especially the nightly ones. Uh, Usually those are recorded ahead of time during the day. The night that they, the like, the day that they air, like they record them during the day and then air them later that night. Yeah. So, um, so that's usually, so that's gonna have an effect on those, and we might see it affect some of our favorite shows and whatnot moving forward. But it's for a good cause, it so is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be entitled and complain about it. You know, <laughs> right? Um, it needs, it's, it, this needs to happen, and frankly, there are a lot of, um. A lot of other places and companies and um, there are a lot of workforces that should be doing the same thing is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, A lot of uh, people that could benefit from going on strike. But unfortunately, it doesn't know. It's not always that easy. But I wish the best for these writers. I hope everything gets uh, gets figured out for them. Um, A bit of an update on the news on all that from what I can say. Yeah, production on Disney Channel's Bunked was halted due to the writer's strike. This is hitting Disney pretty hard. I might want to, you know, because you get a lot of um, uh, Disney is demanding that their showrunners continue to work during the writer's strike. Um, so even though the writers are on strike, their showrunners are still going to continue to work. So I don't know what that actually means for their shows. Hmm. Um, to be completely honest with you, I don't know. but oh, okay, they're saying that they're demanding that writers must perform non-writing duties and may have to act against their guild's own mandates during the writer strike. Which, which means uh, what? 
Disney and Warner Brothers Studios sent out a letter to showrunners employed by its various studios. The purpose of the letter was to remind the writers and producers on strike that they are still contractually obligated to perform their non-writing services. Which is So even what? though they're on on a writer's strike, which means that they have more than one job. Some of these writers aren't just writers. They're also like showrunners and stuff like that. And okay. even though they're on a writer's strike, they're still contractually obligated by the contract that they signed to do their other parts of their job. That makes sense. Yeah, it also muddies things. It complicates the hell out of it. It really just feels like Disney and WB found a loophole to try and like get stop them from spending their time striking by making them do other jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just interfering with the strike is what it really feels like. I understand contracts and all that, but this feels dirty and underhanded. <laughs> very. If I'm being completely honest. Very. So that's... It's I know un- business has got a business, but that's, yeah. It's unfortunate. It is. Look, I hope the writer's strike works in the writer's favor. I hope they can negotiate better pay and all that. And I hope, the, I, like, I seriously do. It needs to, um, this is a problem that should be fixed for sure. Yeah, so most definitely. I wish, I, wish, I wish them the best in their, in their endeavors. Yes. All right. You got a third thing for me. Um, yeah, I just started watching the Mandalorian Season 3, and, uh, I like that, I like that, um, that it's, like, a redemption to, uh, his redemption, it revolves around his redemption to, uh, from the end of the last season when he took his helmet off. Yeah, I haven't finished the season myself. It's a uh, it's a pretty good season. Um I've got two more episodes to watch. But yeah, there's definitely um there's definitely a story gap if you haven't watched the book of Boba Fett because there's one episode of that show that's basically all about the Mandalorian. Okay. And it takes place between seasons two and three. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch the book of Boba Fett. That's okay. If anything, you know, the book of Boba Fett is it's it's okay. Um, I liked it, but a lot of people did not like it. It's <laughs> it's it's a very it's a very talky show. It's a is very it? uh, he's uh, Boba Fett is kind of like. Uh, you know, he has to do a lot of uh, leader stuff. He's like a ruler okay. um, of a place. You know, it's um, Star Wars politics and shit. You gotcha, know? okay. Um, but, you know, there's a, and a lot of it is like him sleeping in a bath of tank and like flashbacks to his time with the Tusken Raiders and shit. But, um, I don't know. I didn't think it was bad as everyone else said. You know how the internet is these days. They like to go off about everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, sometimes it's hard to tell what's legitimate criticism and what's over-exaggerated hyperbole, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't think it was as bad as everyone said it was, but I also said that about the Eternals and people have given me been giving me shit ever since. So. <laughs> 
The worst movie in the MCU is Thor The Dark World. Everyone else can say Eternals all they want, but it's... I enjoyed <laughs> I, I enjoyed Thor The Dark World. <laughs> I'm not... I didn't say Love and Thunder. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, I forgot what the hell we were talking about, but my third thing is X, a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Um... It's about uh, a group of youngins, um, well, old enough to do uh, adult films. Can't say the P word on YouTube. No. Um, They're old enough to do adult films, so they're not teenagers, quote unquote, like in most horror movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I didn't realize one of them was played by the rapper Kid Cudi. Yes. One of the... The actors, yeah, that's okay. That 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 made sense later on, but anyway, so they rent out this this like house on this farmland from this old couple to stay there, and they weren't very upfront about their intentions when they rent when they called ahead of time, <laughs> and um, they're they were they're there to film adult films, um, and once the couple starts to find out what's going on what they're doing they don't take too kindly to it and a, I bet not. <laughs> and a slasher type gore fest ensues Alrighty. so yeah it is very interesting but this is also a very weird movie and it's from a24 who are the fucked up masterminds behind some of the most weird shit we've seen lately they have such a weird vibe to them but they've done movies like midsummer hereditary bodies 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 i um, did see hereditary I'm to th- yeah they're oh god these this company is weird they, they do weird movies and this is a weird one too it's a very weird horror movie but i liked it, it there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there about like depression over changes of time and like sexual repression and people discovering themselves. Um, there's a message here for sure, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's the kind of movie you have to watch more than once to fully appreciate the message. And I also feel like I ha- you have to watch this and its prequel, Pearl, which I haven't seen yet, but I will soon. Right. Hopefully before, hopefully before the next one of these so I can talk about it better. Because I've heard someone before say that they liked X, and then they watched Pearl, and they liked Pearl more. But then they watched X again after Pearl, and they liked X more again. <laughs> so I, I think after you watch the first one, and then you watch the prequel, and then you watch the first one again, it gives more context to it. That makes sense. Know? So, yeah. That um, makes sense. So, Jenna Ortega was in this, too. Um, she did a really good job in this movie. Um, a lot of people I didn't recognize, but they've been in, like, other horror stuff and whatnot, and they'll, they're in some of the other movies. There's another movie coming out called Maxine, which is going to be the third one in this trilogy. Um, nice. But that's not out yet. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, very interesting movie, but also be careful who you watch it around. I mean, not just because – I don't mean like kids. I mean, keep it away from kids because it's a horror movie anyways. But, I mean, in terms of um, – there are some parts of this movie that are basically – you're watching 
the filming of the adult films happening mm-hmm. and it's it could be a little awkward if you're watching it with the the wrong group of people <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean yeah so um i would just say you know some caution going into this one it is not safe for work <laughs> nope uh, not and i don't mean that from a blood perspective they're just gonna they're gonna if you try to watch this movie at work they're just gonna straight up think you're watching something on an adult's website yeah no (laughs) at some parts at some parts not all parts uh, because it definitely takes a turn once the actual horror happens but there's a lot of the rest of that for the first part of the movie and me being the kind of person i am uh, that 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 kind of stuff is so f- low on my priority list in movies. I know why they did it in this movie because it's like kind of the whole point of the story. It's a big part of it, but like, yeah, I don't need I don't need to see it as much as they showed it. After a while, it becomes gratuitous and it really just kind of like takes me out of it. I want it to be like it makes me want to fast forward it. <laughs> Fair enough. So I don't mind the gratuitous gore. That's what I'm here for. It's a horror movie, but I don't want. Oh, I just like there's it. It there's I don't know. There's there's such a thing as too much of a of what some people would call a good thing. <laughs> you know what uh-huh. I mean? Yep. So yeah, um, but it's still a good movie. I'm not going to knock it at all. It's definitely a good movie. Um, I think that that's just my complaint as a personal one. It doesn't. It does. It, it's not a diminishment of the movie's quality whatsoever. I realize that it's a a a personal thing, and it, it's not reflective of how good or bad the movie actually is. Is just a a thing for me myself. You know, that's understandable. Um, right, right. So. Um, I can I can give credit where it's due. I can personally not like something or an aspect of it, but still say that it's good, even if it even if it wasn't for me or I didn't like it. Right. You know. So, but yeah. Um. So that was that was the horror movie I watched. X. Pretty pretty good. Nice. Um. I would give it. I would give it a. Uh, I would. An eight. I'd give it an 8, maybe an 8.5. I'd have to watch it again after watching Pearl, and then I'd give you an updated rating. Yeah. Uh, let's say 8 for now. Let's say 8 for now. Okay. You know? But yeah, um, that's all I had for the media corner. Uh, I think that's all you had as well? Yes. Okay, all right. Well, it seems like it's time then to transition into this episode's topic of interest. Yeah. everyone welcome to this episode's topic of interest this topic happens to be remakes remasters and reboots yes now sometimes i feel like people get the three confused so let me clarify real quickly a remaster is a spit shined game or movie Usually it applies to games. Uh, a, a re- movies too, technically. So a remastered movie is when they take an old movie from VHS and they put it on Blu-ray and give it vibrant colors and shit. 
you know, but they don't change anything else. They just make it look better. Video games are the same way if they are remaster. It's the same exact game, the same exact gameplay. Nothing has changed except that it's in HD now and it runs at 60 frames. It's got better visuals, but it ha it's not a complete modern overhaul it's just an upscaling you know a little spit shine wiped on there you know a new coat of paint if you will and, um and like a reboot some example uh, some examples of this would be um like kingdom hearts remastered collection final fantasy 10 remastered the sly collection and you know the ratchet and clank collection and um the Jack and Daxter collection on the PS3, all those, the Nathan Drake collection, Uncharted 1, those are all remasters. A remake is when the game has been completely remade from the ground up. Uh, at like Final Fantasy VII Remake, for example. Or, in more recent examples, Resident Evils 2, 3, and 4 have all been completely remade from the ground up. Modern graphics, a remake reimagines a game as if it was made today. And movie remakes follow not exactly the same rules. Movie remakes are when they take something that already exists and they remake it either in a different medium or in a different way. For example, all of the live-action Disney movie remakes of things that were cartoons. They're taking cartoons and doing live-action versions of them. This is a remake. And finally, reboots... Mm -hmm. are when they just completely start from scratch. Like, it's, um, but not always canonical. So, like, the Ratchet & Clank 2016 game was a reboot, but it was also a one-off that's not canonical to the overall franchise. It was just kind of like a, a reimagining is probably a closer example for that. Sometimes a reboot is when they're trying to scrap the the what happened before and start over fresh. A good example would be the DCU has done this twice now, and they're planning on doing it again with the upcoming Flash movie. They're just going to reboot the whole franchise. It, but then you have canonical soft reboots like God of War 2018 or Resident Evil 7, which are technically new entry points into the franchise, but they also still are canonical to the previous entries in the story still. They don't retcon them. They still play off of them, but they do start a new story. So there are your differences, folks. Remake, remaster, and reboot. So when I say remakes, reboots, and remasters, what's the first thing that comes to mind? One of the reboots that I really enjoyed, I don't know necessarily know if it would be considered a reboot because it doesn't have the same name as the original uh, series that actually came out in the 90s, uh, Fuller House to Full House. Yeah, Full, Full House and Fuller House. Um, okay. A lot of the same cast, some new, with, some new, with some new faces, um, but a completely different name. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. That's one of those. Um, that's one of those canonical soft reboots I was talking about, right? Where it's a reboot, but it's also a sequel. Yeah, a squeeboot, if you will. <laughs> a squeeboot. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, when you when you wax your boots, they go squee. <laughs> Okay, well, that was dumb. That was funny. Um, 
So uh, yeah, we might as well just if, if we're gonna if we're gonna start off on reboots, then we can't ignore the phenomenal God of War twenty eighteen soft reboot. No, uh, definitely not. I think out of the because... two, out of the two that uh, that they've put out f- since the um, twenty eighteen reboot, I think Ragnarok. Even though I haven't finished it yet, I think Ragnarok is my favorite out of the two. Hard agree. Definitely hard agree with that. And I'm not going to get too into it here because I know some people haven't finished Ragnarok. And I did a whole episode with my brother. Yes, you did. On that game. Yes, so, you did. Um, but yeah, that was a this truly phenomenal game. So those are among the best. So we're talking about the good ones right now. The Ratchet and Clank 2016 reboot, albeit basically just a... Ex- excuse to sell it as a companion to the movie that came out <laughs> it was it's still a pretty solid game it yes. was a reimagined a reimagined version of the first ratchet and clank game the very first one ever that came out on ps2 but not only did they reimagine that story but they added um they added some stuff to it um mm-hmm. you know dr nefarious had a, a bit of an earlier appearance than he did in the original trilogy was this um, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting, like, more of an origin story for him in yeah. that game. Yeah, he's what He's one of those villains that you just love because he's so wacky, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a lot of Ratchet and Clank games between them, Jack and Daxter, and, um, uh, Sly Cooper. Mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank's the only one that's still really going, you know? Yeah, true. And they just had a phenomenal entry on the PS5, uh, Rift Apart, yes. which was one of the best games that came out that year for sure. I have um, not played that one yet. Oh, you've got to play that game. Oh, you've got to play that one. It's so amazing. Um, it's a really, really, really good one. It is the first true Ratchet and Clank sequel that we've gotten since the last PS3 entry, which was Into the Nexus. Okay. And though, and, uh, so, Rift Apart is on my wish list. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I would say, um, well, I know you've said before that the cloud streaming doesn't work that well for you with your internet, but if you ever get like a, a way to like wire it up, maybe just buy like a 100-foot Ethernet cable or something off Amazon. Um, it's not even to that. To do that. I have the, uh, the the essentials package and i only get like 50 megabits per second on my internet so it's uh, not okay. it's not i mean it's 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 strong enough for me to do online gaming but not like and i can stream movies and stuff but as far as like streaming a video game it it, it just it cuts out but i was gonna say if you have PlayStation Plus Premium yes, and do. you have the cap the and if you have the capability at any point of doing the game streaming, one of the Ratchet and Clank games on PS3 was called Into the Nexus, and that one is the new one Rift Apart on PS5 is a direct sequel to Into the Nexus. Okay. So at the very least, if you're ever to play that, I I would say you, you know if you can't play into the Nexus ahead of time, IGN has a phenomenal, like, I think it's like a seven or eight minute video that basically recaps the entire Ratchet and Clank franchise leading up to that game. So that you have, you know, everything that happened leading up to 
I might uh, end up watching that anyways because I've only I've only played a, a few of the Ratchet and Clank games. I haven't played all of them. Well, there you go. But uh, yeah, so on the subject of reboots, I cannot talk about reboots without talking about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which I know is confusing because it's called Resident Evil 7, but it is a canonical soft reboot because the way the title of it is written, it's just called Resident Evil Biohazard, and the 7 is in Roman numerals hidden in the letters of Resident Evil. They have it like highlighted in yellow. So yeah. you can see where it's at. Resident Evil Village does the same thing. They don't call it Resident Evil 8 Village. They just call it Resident Evil Village. And the 8 is in Roman numerals hidden in Village. Nice. So V-I-L-L. There's your... Because V-I-I is 8 in Roman numerals. So... Yep. No, V-I-I-I. Three I's. Three I's. Because V is 5, and then I is 1. So 5 plus 3 ones is 8. So... Okay, um, that makes sense. It, Final Fantasy taught me Roman numerals, because <laughs> you know how they're all they're all titled. Uh, they're not titled with an actual number. It's like V I I V X. You know those are numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. So yeah, Resident Evil Seven. Not only was it a true return to form for the franchise because they had stepped away from horror for a while with 5 and 6 and started doing more action-y stuff, like way over-the-top mm-hmm. nonsense, and not a lot of people liked 6 very much. Some people did, and I'm, mm-hmm. glad, I'm glad that they had a good time with it, but the majority of the fan base, from what I can tell, was not happy with 6. Um, so Resident Evil 7 went back to their, to their horror roots, um, but also mixed in a little bit of a modern horror vibe as well with the first person perspective, nice. um, and some moments of uh, helplessness and they, they introduced a new resident evil game engine called the RE engine specifically for seven. Mm. And since then, every resident evil game that they've been remaking, um, you see, you see what I'm doing here? This is called a segue. <laughs> <laughs> This every Resident Evil game that they've been remaking since two, three, and four have all run on the same engine as Resident Evil Seven, the new RE engine. So they have similar a similar feel, similar graphic style. Uh, some of the um, the items and stuff that you have to use, like bolt cutters and whatnot, make a reappearance in all of them because it's easy to just copy paste assets, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and but Resident Evil Seven was also like my true full triple a game vr experience like a full like eight or more hour game in vr because up until that point a lot of the vr stuff had just been like short indie games or like tiny experiences that only last like 10 minutes or these indie games only last like two or three hours you know stuff like that or you had like until dawn rush of blood which was maybe a five hour game at best you know, um, and most of it was it literally on rails, so you weren't really in control of how f- fast it was done. But Resident Evil 7 was a full-fledged AAA blockbuster game, you know, like up there with the likes of Uncharted and Call of Duty and Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed and shit right. like that, you know, we're on. So, um, and this game was start to finish in VR compatible you know you didn't have to play it in vr but right. it was vr compatible and even if if you played it without the vr like <clears throat> you know just played it played it normal 
you could tell it was meant for VR as you were playing it, mm-hmm. you know, just by the graphic style, you know, and like the camera bobs and stuff like that. Like you could tell. And man, I had such a hell of an experience with this game, you know, looking over my shoulder, peeking around corners <clears> and stuff. It was immersive. I bet. And so, yeah, it it still stands out to me as one of the best reboots that uh, I've ever played, even though it's a canonical soft reboot, not like a like a, 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 a full on reboot right but um it was amazing and then i'm they i'm they went back and they remade two three and four and made them a little more horror focused Mm -hmm. and these games are full-fledged from the ground up remakes they are remakes Mm -hmm. they are because these were ps1 and ps2 games you know right yeah yeah. and and the the two and three were ps1 games and they had like blocky graphics and polygons and stuff Mm -hmm. like fixed camera angles and tank controls and stuff and they completely remade them as third person action and like horror games you know with modern graphics and stuff yeah it's fucking phenomenal they are so good in resident evil 2 remake mr x is basically hunting you around the police station the entire time Mm -hmm. like as you're trying to solve puzzles and go back and forth between this floor and that floor he is he is relentlessly coming for you and in resident evil 3 same thing but nemesis randomly pops up every once in a while uh to make your day a living hell in that one and these things just with the modern graphic remakes, they just feel a lot more intense, and they look a lot cooler, and it's just awesome. I loved it. They handled these remakes so well. Oh, yeah. Making certain parts more horror-focused. I distinctly remember Resident Evil 2 from my childhood. I didn't play it, but I watched other people play it, and I remember the scene where Leon's going down the hall, the blood's dripping from the ceiling, and the he looks up, and there's the, the liquor, you know, the lizard monster mm-hmm. for the first time. And I knew that shit was coming in the remake. Mm-hmm. And they inter- they introduce it in a similar but different way, so it still kind of gets you. And like, I really appreciated that. Nice. Um, gotta give them credit, man. They've been knocking it out of the park with these remakes. I I finally finished the Resident Evil Four remake recently, and it was absolutely phenomenal. They cut everything that needed to be cut. They lift they left in everything that uh, that needed to be left in, and they did. And they added some more, and it was. Uh, amazing and they they made it more horror focused but not at the cost of the action and and cheesy dialogue you know what i mean one of the remasters that i was really excited for when i when i bought it when i had my ps4 was um the double feature disney classic um aladdin and the lion king it was basically remastered from the um, from the uh, the Sega Genesis, and that I don't honestly I don't even think they just they I don't even think it was like a remaster because it didn't look too much different from when I played it when I was younger. Well, they're definitely spit shine because they're outputting at 1080p upscaling. So yeah, they're definitely re- they're remastered ports, is what you could call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely. And dude, I, I, I was never able to 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 even remotely come close to beating these games because. Of course this, not. They're the original Dark Souls. Yeah, the, it's this is like the fucking um. 
like you're only given a limited amount of lives and you better make sure that you like keep those lives throughout the whole game if you want to beat the damn thing because it's damn near impossible they basically like the today's generation is lucky compared to what we had when we were younger true true but fun fact for you that whole life system that video games used to have, um, admittedly, it's it's pretty dated by today's standards because it originated from the arcades. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was because they wanted your money. Mm-hmm. If you lose all your lives and you get a game over, you got to put in another quarter to play again. Exactly. And that's what it was. These games were intentionally designed to be ridiculously difficult and so that they could eat your quarters. Yep. That was the whole point. Exactly. In a way, it was kind of a scam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Kind of like how carnival games are rigged. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah, that's what that's what I mean. So it was yeah, kind of kind of kind of but not really, but again, these arcade games, you know, breathed they they were good memories for a lot of people and they breathed life to a lot of the stuff that we have today. So There's an arcade um, in Rockford. Um, it's, um, they, it's, do you remember the, where Sears was at the Cherryvale Mall? The only arcade I remember in Rockford is Nickel World, which I don't think exists anymore. It's still there, believe it or not. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Nickel World is still there. But no, there, is, Sears, the, where it, Sears used to be in the mall, there's this new two-story arcade that has like a bunch of like nostalgic stuff like they've got they've got um the original mortal Kombat. they've got mortal Kombat 2 they've got donkey kong um dude they've got so much and it's too yeah i I have seen that place now that you mention it tilt it's just in passing though i've never been in there it's called tilt and uh it's it's a two it's a two two story arcade tilt arcade yes right. yeah i i i have seen it i've just never been in there i just you know and it's surprising you know you think i would go, at least go in there and look but i don't want to be that asshole that's just like oh no i'm just here to admire the art <laughs> i don't i don't intend on spending any money Dude, I'm just they've here got, to waste your time they've got <laughs> fucking cosmic golfing they've got bowling alleys in there Dude, it's fucking insane my buddy put, uh, my, my, okay. my buddy took me through there and uh and showed me with the intention of hoping that I would um eventually go hang out with him one of these days and uh go there I think it would be yeah, I think I'd it would like be fun I think it would be point. fun yeah but um well uh anyway my point about the arcade though um nice uh Nice, nice, uh, nice tidbit. Though. Um, <laughs> yeah. But my, but um, what I was getting to on that was more or less that they've done away with that because for one thing, it's not necessary anymore. Right. Because games are just you pay the price that it is, and you have the game now. Uh huh. And for another thing, we're adults now with jobs and families, and we don't have time for that shit. No more. Exactly. And that's why. That's why. And I, I know some people. They're okay. If you're one of those people that's that's like, man, I miss the good old days when 
they used to when games used to waste my time by making me start them over and over and over again over some arbitrary bullshit you know Mm -hmm. if you enjoyed that more power to you you know but to me i i don't have the patience for that shit anymore so i don't usually play those types of games anymore unless it's like like a like a modern mario game or something i can handle 3d platformers with a life system what i can't handle is these games that were like intentionally made difficult and that's why i don't play roguelikes or soulsborne games because i don't have i'm playing most games for their stories these days and i just don't i don't like the idea of like hours of progress being wasted because time is a valuable currency Mm -hmm. and i just i don't um i'm trying to if i'm going to spread mine that thin it's going to be over things that i that i'm i'm going to get immersed in and enjoy not things that are going to frustrate me and piss me off so (laughs) you know um but i know that there's an audience for these kind of things so that's fine but the life system in games is outdated. In fact, it's been evolved into a genre called roguelikes, which is definitely there's an audience for that, but I'm not one of them. Right. There's there are exceptions. There's an exception to every rule, of course. And so the game Road 96 that I played last year, I liked, which is technically has some roguelike elements to it. And of course, there was a Final Fantasy game that plays like a Soulsborne. But then again, the Jedi. Fallen Order and Survivor games also have Soulsborne in combat, and but they're not anywhere near as ridiculously difficult. And why is that? Because they have difficulty options. Yes. That's why. And accessibility settings. So you can make it as easy or as hard as your little heart desires. And everybody wins. <laughs> so nice. I, it's not the style. It's not the style of these things that I'm, uh, you know against it's more about the road 96 works for me because i can make progress in it even when i lose when i lose um when a character i'm playing as dies Mm -hmm. they're they're dead sure but and i start playing as a different a different runaway teenager or whatever but the story goes on Uh kind of like one of those choose your own adventure games where characters can die like until dawn but not quite the same because it's still, you know, you're focusing on, like, one character's journey up until they either succeed or die or get captured or whatever. But the story that's happening around mm-hmm. these characters you play as, uh-huh. the story that's that's happening with the NPCs and the world around you continues to move forward regardless of your failures or success. Okay. And that... That means that there is an ending that you will get to no matter how good or bad you are at the game, which I appreciate. What I don't appreciate is games that waste my time. That. If a game wastes my time, then I'm not going to play it. Right. <laughs> you know, that's just more, I, I, I'm not in it for that. I don't I don't want to be repeating the same thing a hundred times over because mm-hmm. it, I, didn't, I didn't dodge <clears throat> fast enough. I just... I just, I just want to play. I just want to have fun. I'm playing these games to unwind. I work hard. I deserve to not be angry. Exactly. <laughs> this game. You know what you mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, that was a bit of a non sequitur there. Call it a mini rant, if you will. <laughs> but um, we've been talking about good remakes and reboots and remasters in terms of video games. And of course... I have to give a special shout out to the Kingdom Hearts Remastered Collection from a while ago um, and the Final Fantasy X one because what they did, well, and Final Fantasy XII technically because what all of these things did was they not only remastered some fan favorite games and put them on modern systems, but 
they gave us all the content that was previously exclusive to the Japanese versions of the game. Oh, it nice. was the first time a lot of that extra content was ever available in the US outside of like people like importing copies and emulations and stuff before, but nice. um but like, you know, as far as le- like legally and um more easily, you know, a region 1 copy that had all of in the Kingdom Hearts games. It was called Final Mix content. Um, in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy ten and twelve, it was called uh, ten. It was called the International Edition content, and in twelve, it was called the Zodiac Age um, edition of the game. Okay. So, um, so yeah, they added uh, all that extra stuff, and very often, more often than not, remasters sometimes do come with all that stuff, um, and. Um, how about the Spyro Reignited trilogy? I would call that a remake because I feel like that game yes. was remade from the ground up. Some people argue remaster or reimagining. I argue remake. Yeah, on that one, I'd have to agree. And it was so well done because the whole time I was playing it, I was like, you know, this looks amazing. And I think the original Spyro on PS One actually still holds up, like at least from a gameplay perspective. You know, it's mm-hmm. still very easy to pick up and play to this day and it doesn't it doesn't feel clunky or unresponsive maybe the camera but not the controls yeah but the the remaster or the remake they just did everything they did everything good um Mm -hmm. and as i was playing it i was thinking to myself man this is kind of how i pictured it in my head when i was playing it as a kid you know Mm -hmm. you know like i was seeing blocky graphics on the screen but my imagination was seeing what it looks like in this remake yeah It just it felt familiar, even though it looked better. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. And we got the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, last year, and we're getting the next part of that because they cut it into three parts. Because the original Final Fantasy VII on the PS One was three discs long. Really, you would finish one part. Yeah, and then it would say, "Please insert disc two to get to the next part of the story." Because that's just how goddamn long the game was. You know, big open, you Jesus. know, open RPG. It was a, it was way ahead of its time. You know. Um, you know, it was so ahead of its time. And remember, PS1 discs were CDs, CD, CD-ROM, mm-hmm. like what we used to listen to music on. So yep. they did not have a lot of space to work with. Um, no. And then PS2 games were DVDs and PS3 games were Blu-rays. That's what it's been since then. Mm-hmm. Now they're dual-layer dual bl- uh, dual Blu-rays. Fuck. Try to say <laughs> that five times fast. <laughs> Goddamn. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah, um, so I've, anyways, yeah, the 7 remake, they're cutting it into three different games because it represents the fact it was on three different discs and they're kind of following like a different, it's more of like a, like a reimagining because it's got like, it takes place in a different timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still really, really good. Uh, what I've played so far, it only goes up until they leave Midgar in the first entry. And I'm excited to see where they go with the with the next one coming out later um, later this year. Any other video game remakes or reboots or remasters that you can think of that were like um, that you really enjoyed the good ones? I haven't played this one yet, but the Crash Bandicoot. Oh, the Endzone trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it yet, but I definitely want to. 
because I enjoy I, I, I enjoyed say, me some Crash Bandicoot back in back in the day. I will say, um, you will find that the second and third game in that collection are both very well done, but the first game suffers a little bit from being caught up to the other two. So people who played the first, the very first game on the PS1 and have muscle memory for some of it found themselves struggling with the new version because the first game was updated to match the control schemes and, and hitboxes and stuff of two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it made, it kind of messed things up a little bit. It made some levels in the remake a lot harder than they needed to be. <laughs> um, and some boss battles were kind of wonky because the hitboxes were off, but it's only a problem with the first game. Mm-hmm. Two and three are fucking solid. And nice. my favorite one was always the third one anyways. So, but since you brought up crash, let's also talk about the, um, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which was a remake of Crash Team Racing, the PS1 Mario Kart clone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've played that or even have it or anything, but I that's don't. a solid game. And you know what? If you do, uh, if you ever get that game, we should probably we should probably play it. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, Mar- it's Mario Kart, but with Crash Bandicoot characters, and there's a story. There's a single-player mode with a story where you're driving around... And you're going to different worlds. There's like a like a in I don't know like an alien invasion or something, and the bad guy like challenges everyone to this racing contest or whatever. Yada yada. They pull some shit out there, ask for it. But ideally, though, the the idea is that you're driving around this kind of open world section, and you drive to these different bubbles that take you, you know, just like Crash, but they take you into these different race tracks. And you drive the races and you want to get at least first, second, or third in all of them to unlock the boss race. And then you have a race against one of Crash's, you know, famous boss battle characters. Interesting. Uh, like Tiny Tiger or Engine or, you know, End Trophy and all them. So, but you race against them, you know. It's a three-lap race one-on-one against these bosses. And whenever you beat the boss... You know, and depending on the boss, too, they each have their own special thing. So, like, when you're racing against Ripper Roo, he's throwing TNT and Nitro boxes at you a lot, dropping them. They're, like, the equivalent to dropping banana peels in Mario Kart, except they go kaboom instead of whirly Okay. You know? Um, you know, actually, it's funny, because if you hit Nitro, you're definitely blowing up. But if you hit a TNT box, there's a timer, and if you hit the jump button enough times, you can actually, like, shake the TNT box off of you before it blows up. You can save yourself from it. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, so each boss has kind of like their own distinct items that they use, but when you're doing a regular race, these items are all available to you as pickups, you know, just like Mario Kart, you hit the thing, and it does a little roulette wheel, and then gives you a power-up. Usually, if you're in a, in first place, you get the shitty ones, and if you're in last place, you get the good ones. Nice. That's how it works. Um... So, and it also, much like Mario Kart, has a battle mode where up to four people can drive around a square arena and shoot shit at each other until they all get hit three times. Nice. Um, And there's, like, a last man standing, you know, like Battle Royale with cars. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and, you know, Mario Kart had that, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it, it was definitely, it's probably the Crash Bandicoot, um, Crash Team Racing on the PS1 and its remake, Nitro Fueled are probably the only games to ever emulate Mario Kart and actually get it right, you know? So, you know, every other game that's tried to be Mario Kart has kind of failed at it, but this one is pretty solid. Um, Although I did like Mod Nation Racers on the PS3 back in the day, but it wasn't wasn't super popular, you know? Right. Um, 
But okay then. So let's talk about movies then. Yeah. Let's jump over there. Let's talk about movie. Re- it's mostly going to be remakes because if you're talking about a remastered movie, it's different. When it comes to video games, remastering has a lot to compliment because of the stuff they can do, patch in, add whatever. But when you remaster a movie, you're just making it look better. That's all it is. You're just moving it from VHS to Blu-ray. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but a remake of a movie definitely has room for being different. When they remake movies, it's usually modernized. Uh, sometimes the story changes, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So let's talk about remakes that we liked. Let's talk about some good movie remakes. <clears throat> um, this one hasn't even been like finished yet, but I am excited for the live-action remake or reimagining of Lilo and Stitch. Oh, okay. I am excited for it. I <clears throat> I'm just really hoping that they don't change too much. I hope that they try and keep it as close to the original story as possible. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Because that's yes. like Lilo and Stitch is like, it's it's still it, it still holds up to this day, and it's by regardless of how many times I watch it, every time I watch it, I still laugh just as hard because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lilo and Stitch was definitely one of my favorites as well. I also really enjoyed when they did the, um, the spin-off series, the animated series, where, like, every episode focused on a different experiment they had to catch. It was very Pokemon. Mm-hmm, very, you know? yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I enjoyed that kind of weirdness in my youth. Um. The Lilo and Stitch but, the series. So what's a what's a remake that you've seen? A remake. Um, you know what? Since you t- since you brought up since you brought up Leo and Stitch, anyways, let's just talk about the Disney. Let's let's talk about the Disney live action remakes, but specifically the ones we liked. Okay. Which ones have you liked so far? So so far, I I liked the um, I liked the Lion King. Okay. I liked the Lion King. Um. The Pinocchio. I was lukewarm on that one. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love. I didn't love it, let's, but I didn't hate it. Let's you know. See the Pinocchio one. They that one. That one got dark real fast. <laughs> Darker than the actual yeah. animated. Um. The 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 original animated film. Like holy shit! Did that get dark? Are you talking about the live-action one that was on Disney Plus? Are you talking about the Guillermo del Toro one oh, on Netflix? No, I'm talking about the one that they did on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Because that... I was gonna say I heard that one was pretty bad, but I heard the Guillermo del Toro one was really good. It was <laughs> so... the fucking the one that they did up for Disney Plus. That one got dark. Okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth a watch if you're if you're willing to let your childhood be ruined. I was gonna say can't comment, haven't seen it. I don't know, but I did watch the Cinema Sins video for it, and I felt like um, they pretty much captured everything that was wrong with it. Okay. So from it was like, oh, okay, so this, so this is what pretty basically everyone said. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, 
I liked Beauty and the Beast. Yes. The one with uh, Emma Watson. Yes, absolutely. That was another. That that I, was another one that I was going to bring up. But yeah. And I actually enjoyed the stuff that they added to it as well. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I liked her extra backstory and all that. I felt like it enhanced the narrative I, rather than ruin it. Right. I liked that. Uh, Cogsworth, played by Josh Gad, or no, no, Josh Gad. Wow. No, Josh Gad played LeFou. That's right. Josh Gad played the. He did play LeFou. I liked that they introduced a LGBTQ uh, character in the movie, and that just so happened yeah, to be LeFou. And secretly too, as well. Like not like they weren't like in your face with it. It was subtle. Yeah, it was in, very in subtle. Sense. It was more about it was more about his his reactions to Gaston. Yes. Um, played by played by Luke Evans, by the way. Yes. Um, who also plays? Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he's um one of the main characters in the Hobbit trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, he's the guy that everyone said looks like Orlando Bloom, kind of. Yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, so he looks like Orlando Bloom in Pirates is what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks like Orlando Bloom's Will Turner, kind of. Yep. Um, so he was also in the Three Musketeers movie, I think. Nice. As well. Nice. Um, although I could also now be confusing him with Orlando Bloom as well. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, that, I, yeah, I did enjoy that beauty, but I was also gonna say, um... Uh, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, I think played Cogsworth in that movie. Yes. So and uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi was Lumiere. Mm-hmm. If I if I remember correctly, so yeah, solid cast, really good movie. Like you know, when you if you're gonna do a Disney live action remake, keep it true to the source material. If you're gonna add something, make it enhanced. But some of these live action remakes go so far from their source material, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um. Not everyone liked it, but I liked the Jungle Book. I liked it. Yeah, that yeah, that book. one was good too. Um, I liked. Uh, it's not even in production yet, but I saw a video on TikTok where this guy that had um, he had uh, legal issues with Disney because his car is basically to the T designed just like Lightning McQueen. And he worked out a deal with them, and they're going to use his car in a live-action reimagining or live-action remake of Cars. So they're doing Cars 4, but they're going to do it in a live-action sense, which is going to be amazing. And I cannot wait to see how they do this. Or how they pull it off. I kind of feel like, yeah, to get away with this, they're probably going to have to set it in the real world. Which means that it won't be a world full of everything being car people. It'll be a world where humans coexist with talking cars. Yes. I think, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're where they're going to take this. I can't, yeah, I can't because wait. because I feel like it would be too difficult for them to turn to completely remake that in a way that it's the exact same uh just with the idea pixar movies are always in the sense of like um what if our world 
but cars. Yeah. Or our world, but but bugs. Or our world, but toys. But I think... You know, or our world, but emotions, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I think what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and do, like, a fourth installment into the franchise, but in a live-action sense. Okay, so Lightning McQueen is just tripping on drugs and everything looks real. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to judge it until I see it, but I'm very... Um, if I'm being honest here, I'm concerned about how they might pull this off. <laughs> I, um, if I can find the video that I saw on TikTok, I will send it to you. This is just, I'm going to have to, once the finished product comes out, that'll be the only way to really know because that's, you know, maybe a trailer, you know, once they get a trailer out there, I'll have a better idea of what to expect from it. But for now, this sounds like it's destined to fail, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to like it, sure, but this movie is going to, people are being more resistant to remakes now. Um, you know, they were, we enjoyed the first, the, the first few when they came out, but like now people are starting to say that they're all just feeling like cash grabs. Yeah, um, pretty much. It's, it's not, it's not a novel idea anymore. It's just become the new norm. Yep, pretty much. Um, it's pretty much what Disney's focused on right now. Practically. Hey there, everyone. Oversoul here with a quick little fact check update that I had to squeeze in post-production. Um, I looked into that thing about the Cars 4 movie featuring that guy from TikTok's car and it being live action and all that. As far as I can tell, that was intended to be an April Fool's joke. I've done extensive research and I've found no official confirmation from Disney themselves or anything anywhere else. Anything related to Cars 4 at this point is nothing more than pure speculation or complete hogwash. So, um... You know, so take what was said on this episode with a grain of salt. We strive very strongly here on the Overcast to maintain credibility and fact-check every piece of news before we share it as fact. So, uh, my apologies for that. Um, anyways, back to your regular scheduled show. So, I mean, fair enough and all that, but off of the Disney and in, into somewhere else, um, and just to be clear, we're not going to be, this isn't going to be an ass-kissing episode. We're going to get into the bad remakes here, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to do the good ones first. So, anyways, so, uh, what about horror? Horror movies get remade a lot. What are some of the good ones? I remember going to, actually, you and I went to the movie theaters and saw this one together, uh, the 2013 Carrie remake from Stephen King's original. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in that. Mm-hmm. One. That was a really good one. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I thought that one was well done. Very much so. I one of my favorite remakes would be Last House on the Left for horror movies. This it's not a movie that they could do today anymore but this is one that came out i want to say uh the remake came out like in the early 2000s mm -hmm. uh, maybe the late two maybe the late 2000s to early 2010 i don't remember the exact date but um it was a remake of there was an older horror movie last house on the left that um you know came out mm -hmm. uh maybe in the 80s or 90s so this was a remake to that mm -hmm. and it was intense, but the way that they go about, man, it, basically something very 
unspeakable happens to this girl and the parents go around getting revenge on the and basically go on a killing spree killing the guys responsible for what happened to her mm-hmm. um there is one scene where they take this guy's hand and stick it in a garbage disposal and it is fucking brutal. jesus christ um yeah, I read, I I definitely enjoyed this remake. It was a very satisfying revenge story because like these people definitely deserved everything that happened to them. Not the girl in the beginning, obviously, but the guys that that did the bad thing to her. Um, yeah, they des- they deserve everything they got in that movie. Um, trust me on this. Um, it's a hard watch too, though. It's definitely, some people would not be able to watch it, especially if they've been through something similar. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I definitely enjoyed that one. More solid, um, horror remake, in my opinion. Some of them are good, some of them aren't. I enjoy, well, I think it was the 2013 version of Evil Dead, because there was the original with Bruce Campbell, and obviously nothing can outdo the original, but... You read my mind. The remake... <laughs> The remake, the remake was still good. Yeah, I still liked it. They I, used a the, lot of fake blood in that movie. Yeah, I think they actually broke records for how much fake blood they used in that movie. Um, yeah, the um, the, the 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 raining blood scene I distinctly remember, and then um, but the scene that will always live rent free in my head is the face fillet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there's no getting past that one. Of course, the most iconic image is the the trapdoor demon. Yeah. Um so but yeah, uh so I can agree with that one. Um what are some other horror remakes cuz god, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but you know, I know um Pet Cemetery, they did that they one. They did. Did you see that I one? I did. Yeah, I did see that one. Um that was really good. Another one that I really liked was um Oh yes, um, it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's a a remake, more of a spin off kind of thing. I don't know, or even like a reimagining. Not even Spiral from the book of um, uh, Saw. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, a it's kind of like a soft reboot almost. It's a spiritual successor. Yes. Yeah, it's it was. That's what I would. Call I really it. liked that one, and it was di- it was it that a, was a, a really successor. different role for Chris Rock. It's part of the extended Saw universe because everything's a fucking universe now. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I'm not complaining. I'm one of the reasons that that's happened because I love this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you consume it, they will make it exactly or something like that. I don't know. Um. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, horror, duh, uh, It Chapters 1 and 2 featuring Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Yeah. Um, absolutely phenomenal movies. Love the hell out of both 1 and 2. I bought the Blu-ray collection that has both of them. Oh, God, they were so well done. I think I like the second part more, even, actually. I might be a little biased because it has Bill Hader in it. I'm not even gonna lie. I tried watching them, and I fell asleep watching them i think it was because i was i had i i was exhausted from work or something i don't know Hmm. it may have to uh may have to may have to go back into those ones with a different mind because this is 
If you have any love for, I don't know, picture like the genie or Bugs Bunny, but evil, uh-huh. you know, and that's the kind of villain Pennywise is in these movies. You know, he's like breaking the laws of physics. He's like doing weird shit and tri- to, like he's shape shifting into different things. And it's so wacky. It's one of those villains that you just love to hate, you know? Yeah. Uh,. I don't know. It stuck with me. It stuck with me. You know, it gave me a new, um, I know the main, one of the kids in the first part is, um, played by Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Okay. Um, yeah, he's one of the, the main guys, but I've gotten to know a lot of those other, uh, the actors, like after I saw them in that movie, I was like, oh, what else have you been in? Um, and I've seen a couple of them in different things. So they've been making names for themselves. Nice. But the second part is when they're all adults and they come back and have to fight him again. And they're all played by well-known celebrities at that point, like Bill Hader and Christina Applegate. Nice. So, um, yeah, I definitely like the second part more, but both of it, both were, were really good, but also Bill Skarsgård did a phenomenal job playing the the pennywise and he um he does this thing with his eye he's got like a lazy eye where he can move one of his eyes independently from the other and he does that a couple times in the movie to look creepy a little There's, um, off topic yeah back when i was working at servicom back in 20 i think it was halloween of what did the first, when did the first one come out? I forget. I don't know. I want to say like 2017. The year that the first um the first one came out, I uh, uh I, they were doing like a Halloween costume contest at my job. And this dude, I shit you not had the Bill Skarsgård Pennywise costume down to the very T. Like, he scared the shit out of some people. He was he, he even, like, walked around holding a, holding a red fucking balloon. <laughs> like, awesome. I shit you not, dude. It looked like fucking Bill Skarsgård Pennywise got a job at Servicom. Hey, the uh, when Epic Rap Battles of History did the Joker versus Pennywise, they did a phenomenal job with that. Uh, nice Peter was playing a Joker, and um, Epic Lloyd was playing Pennywise, and they both got the voices, the makeup, the the mannerisms, all that shit was on point. Nice. Like, I was impressed. I was impressed with how yeah, no, this, accurate it was. This guy, he he ended up winning the co- fucking costume contest because that shit was fucking phenomenal. I'm telling you, man, like, it 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 looked did not look like who it, who who it didn't it did not look like that the person that was under the costume by any means. Wow, he had, like got movie makeup shit and and whatnot. You know, I think that's when it crosses the realm from costume into cosplay. Yeah, honestly, it was a it was a Pennywise cosplay, and a very well done one from what I from what I understand. Yeah, scared the shit out of me because I was I went to walk towards the door to go outside, and he was standing in between the the two doors, and I'm like, oh shit, oh fuck, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Yeah, the the newer It movies definitely had some weird moments, but overall they were like, since there was two of them instead of it being, because the Tim Curry one back in the day was like, I think a made-for-TV thing. Yeah. Um, and these were like actual like theatrical movies, 
So they were able to cover more of the stuff that was in the books, you know? Yeah. And obviously not touch on some of the things that were in the books because there were some things in the books that were questionable. <laughs> I never Let's just read say, the Stephen, books. Stephen King, Stephen King was high on cocaine when he wrote those books. Fair enough. When he when he wrote the It book. And there are just, there are some parts in it where there's not it what's the best way to say this these the main characters are children in the first half of the story and they are participating in a group activity that is well above their age range <laughs> um as a sort of way to bring themselves closer to each other while trying to escape the sewers oh yeah so Definitely something that was not in the movie, and for good reason. As I even back then, a lot of people were like, "Why is this shit in this book? This isn't. This doesn't need to be here." No, you know. So, oh man. All right, thinking of other, uh, if we could, was there um, other any other remakes? Have there been any like that we can think of movie wise, like comedy or um. even any more any more horror? Has there ever been a comedy movie remade? I think there has like uh, four weddings and a funeral. I think they've done that one. There's there's uh, death at a funeral. That was a it was, it was the, death at a funeral. The original was made, and I think 07, which is a British movie. Peter Dinklage was in the first one too. Was in the original too, and he reprised his role as the same as the same character in the the one that had uh, Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, Tracy Morgan, and all them. So okay, so let's talk about the bad then. Yeah. Because there have been there have been examples of video game and movie remakes, remasters, etc. that did not do well, that were that kind of fell flat. Oh, before we get into this, by the way, I can't believe I didn't mention the the Metal Gear Solid HD collection remade back in the day, whatever, yada yada. It was the first time I ever played Metal Gear Solid 3, which is definitely one of like my top ten games of all time. So when we finally do that, that's definitely gonna be there. I can't believe you didn't anyways, bring up the the Dead Space remake. Well the Dead Space remake was good, but it wasn't I mean it was it wasn't super different. They did fix it, though. It was better than the original because they made it so the protagonist talks now. He wasn't a silent protagonist. They added some stuff to the story. So it was good. But after a while, I was like, okay, this is. I'm just retreading familiar territory. It's different, but it's not different enough that, like, it's like I'm ready to be done with it. Now. <clears throat> you know, like, it got to a point where I was like, okay, now I'm getting to the part of the game where I'm getting annoyed by the amount of enemies I have to fight and I just want to finish Fair it. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. It didn't happen so much with Resident Evil 4 because in that one they changed enough and kept it, like, interesting enough and threw some extra surprises in there and stuff to throw you off your game. Nice. So, um, and they have, like, a whole section where you play as Ashley by herself and have to, like, sneak around these armored creatures and you can't fight back uh and all that it's and every resident evil game now comes with a mandatory stealth horror section just to give you the oogabugas they take away your weapons for a little while they take away your security blanket and make you face your fears for like 10 15 minutes and then you get back into the action <laughs> okay you know? uh which i love i love as a horror fan i love that they do that but um so bad remakes 
games, movies. Let's talk about the games first. First thing that comes to mind is they did an HD remastered collection of Silent Hill 2 and 3 a while back. And they fucking fumbled it. It wasn't, um, it had a lot of graphical errors. It, it the, the control, like, they didn't really polish the controls, so it still felt very clunky and dated. And they just, it, I remember people being disappointed in the Silent Hill 2 and 3 remaster collection, especially because it was also just 2 and 3, and they didn't put 4 on it as well, which they definitely should have, you know. Okay. Um, um, Oh, the Saints Row game that came out last year is technically a reboot of the Saints Row franchise, uh-huh. and it bombed. Did it, it bombed. Pe- people did not like it. I still want to try it because it's basically GTA on crack, <laughs> but, um, and that's what Saints Row always has been. Yeah. You know, well, not always. Originally, the first two games, they were like, they were more like GTA satire, right? Like, they played like a GTA game, but they had more of a comedy vibe, almost like they were making fun of it. Mm-hmm. But then they just went balls to the wall, way over the top. Everything turned purple. You start fighting people with giant dildos. You're like flying around the city. Like, once Saints Row the third hit, it was just wacky. They just went, they like took the filter off and just turned it up to 11 and said, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> you know? Um, but the Saints Row game that came out last year, the Saints Row reboot, was apparently not very good. People didn't much care for it. It was a very lifeless world. It had the same problem that Gotham Knights does, apparently, where it's there's a lot of, a lot of terrain, but not a lot of shit to do in it. You know? The world makes the world feel empty and lifeless. Um, in a world that should feel exciting and full of things to do. Those are two examples I can think of off the top of my head. Um, do you know of any game remakes or remasters, anything that didn't do well or that you were disappointed in? Um, not that I can think of. I might not have too many. I might not have too many for the bad. Well, <laughs> the movies one might be a little easier. A little bit. Um. Um, but I'm just trying to think in that, you know, remasters usually come out pretty well. I don't usually hear too much disappointment out of that. Um, every once in a while you will get people complaining about a remake not being very well done, you know? Yeah. Like, um, or, um, but it's not, it's not super often because usually remakes are set to improve the original. I will say though, that sometimes remakes can be divisive because of the things they change, right? And sometimes they, you know, alienate certain people. But it's not always a bad thing, because some of the stuff that they cut was unnecessary to begin with. Resident Evil 4, the original, had some very misogynistic lines against its female protagonist. Mm. Um, and they cut, they cut a lot of that stuff in the remake. And there is a, um, super, a certain group of people on the internet who were unhappy about them cutting that or they were people also found in the original that if you turn the camera the right way right way you could look up ashley's skirt and they removed the ability to do that in the remake and there were a certain group of people unhappy about that too but yeah these those are the kinds of things that if you're unhappy about those changes i don't think they care what you think no (laughs) you know not that that's not the kind of feedback they're looking for or give a shit about (laughs) you know um you know they if they cut that shit it was for a reason yeah um 
So you would get people complaining about stuff like that, but it's never, you know, never terrible. Um, no, okay. So I, I, I do want to critique the, uh, I brought it up under the, the game re- remasters for the, the, the good side, but I want to critique this one. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Disney, um, uh, the Disney classics for Aladdin and Lion King. They could have easily, like, because of today's technology and we basically just bought the game anyways, and, and instead of making it like a, a, a fucking arcade game where they fucking take your money, they could have easily, or no, I wouldn't necessarily say easily, they would have, it probably would have taken more time. But instead of making it insanely difficult and only giving you the life system that they they did when it was out on Sega Genesis, made the life system work the way it does today. Okay. Okay, so this is a good thing you're saying. I was critiquing it. Yeah, I was. Th- that's the one thing I have to complain about it. Oh, complain. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, you know, to help me out here, I did. I just looked up a list of bad video game remakes, and Silent Hill HD Collection is one of the first ones on there, Jesus. so I was on the money with that. <laughs> but I had forgot that there's actually some controversy with a couple of uh, remakes slash remasters that came out over the past couple of years. Mm. One of them is the Mafia games. They made definitive editions of Mafia 1 and 2, and the second one was apparently not very well done as far as the uh, remasters go. And they remastered the original GTA trilogy. Yes, they did. I think, or they did. It was like San Andreas and Vice City and something else. Yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, definitive definitive editions. Those those apparently came out broken and downright almost unplayable from what I saw. Uh, from a lot of people, so those apparently were not very well done remasters or whatever either. Um, the recent, mo, more recently, the GoldenEye 007 Reloaded that they put out on the Switch and the Xbox, mm-hmm. um, they had to cut content from both versions of it, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, um, it, it, and like it graphically, it didn't go over very well let's just say that like people who had nostalgia for this game and they wanted it to get a remaster i don't think they the it was an n64 game the controls did not translate very well over to these remasters and i think people might have had a little bit of nostalgia poisoning for this one and kind of forgot that it was a product of its time and now we're realizing that this remaster is something that we didn't actually want we thought we wanted it but once we got it we realized we didn't really want it (laughs) right you know yeah yeah, so, <laughs> whoopsie doodle, Whoopsies. whoopsie doodle, so there's a couple of examples, but I'm actually going to read off this list they hear, they said they just, like, they've got 10, um, 10 of the worst video game remakes slash remasters uh, over the last decade, uh, the Silent Hill HD Collection, Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, Warcraft 3 Reforged, GTA the Trilogy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Time Reshelled, um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, the 2012 one, yeah. GoldenEye 007 Reloaded. Yeah, that one wasn't very good. Um, 
13, just a game called 13. Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes, which was the, uh, oh, that came out in 2004, but that was the GameCube remake of the first Metal Gear Solid game on the PS1. Um, and Double Dragon 2 Wanderer of the Dragons. Those are what they listed as bad video game remakes. Um, you know, I completely, I know we're in the bad now too, but I completely forgot to mention earlier the Mass Effect Legendary Edition that trilogy. That crossed my talk, mind, I'm not even gonna lie, yeah. Talk about something that basically, that game is, that you got all, you got three games for $60 and all of their DLC. And it's the definitive version of that franchise because you have all of your choices carry over seamlessly from one game to the next because they're all on the same disc. Nice. So, it's really, really, really cool. But yeah, that's what we got for bad remakes on this list. Um, do you um, do you have any others? Not that uh, I can that think. Can think not of? that I can think of. Not off the top of my head, no. All right. Well, what about bad movie remakes? We talked about Disney live action remakes earlier. Not all of them are good. Oh, so what are the bad I have ones? some opinions. Um, let's see. I need a list. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think we mentioned earlier that people did not take well to last year's Pinocchio movie. Yeah. I think you enjoyed it. I did. But it seems like the general general public was not very favorable about this one. Um, and The Lion King as well, which I was kind of lukewarm on. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But it seemed like a lot of people were like, eh, whatever on that one. Um Let's see. And you know, people were hating on Aladdin. I liked Aladdin. I liked Will Smith Genie, but people were hating on that one simply because they didn't want them to do it because Robin Williams was passed away. Yeah. Okay. So I. Wow. That's an entire list. I just pulled up uh, <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes, the 30 worst reviewed remakes of all time. Okay. The number one. Worst. Wow, I actually liked this one. It was it's it came out in two the two thousand eight. I did not know this was a remake. One missed call. Oh, yep, it was a remake of an old horror movie. I did not know that was a remake. Cab the twenty sixteen Cabin Fever. Um. Rollerball that came out in 2002 that's a remake I'm looking at the same um yeah I'm looking at the same list you are Flatliners 2017 I remember that they did that was a remake they did that one um was Elliot Page in that one I don't was that who it was? know but they okay the fog was a remake yes it was Jacob's Ladder was a remake swept um, away yours mine and ours I liked that. Oh, I didn't. I liked that one. I I I didn't know there was a 2019 version of Jacob's Ladder with Michael Ely. Yeah, the original Jacob's Ladder was like earlier than that. It was I can't remember. 2004. That was was Johnny Depp in that? No, no, I'm thinking of Secret Window. Dennis. When a stranger calls, Shudder. A movie that came out in 2015 called Martyrs. I've never heard of that one. Oh yeah, when a, the 2016 version of When a Stranger Calls, 
Shudder is, I think, is that the one? Okay, yeah. Okay, so I can agree with that. Shudder is an American remake of a, of a Thai horror film. Um, and Asian horror films are always, the original versions are always better. Um, like The Ring, The Grudge, all that shit, the original Asian versions are always better. Yeah, here um, we go. This, but Shudder was about, like, ghosts, like, it, it was a very creepy one because it had this, like, camera thing, but I've seen the original, the Thai version, and, like, it was, the way it was filmed, they do something about the way they film their horror movies, man, it's just completely unnerving. It's like, to this day, I can't, like, when I play a horror game where you have to use a camera flash as a light source, I get the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm like, it's, it's, ugh, you know. Oh, yeah, Martyrs was pretty bad. Point Break. Okay, um, I actually enjoy, okay, so yeah. the, the uh, number number 18 on the list, I really enjoyed this one. I don't know why it got some. It's a it got a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna hate one of the answers. Though. No, my okay. So like, I'm jumping ahead here, but like, um, we're gonna get to this soon. But I asked some people. Um, one of the answers I got for bad movie remake was this one: Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> you you know what? I was just about to fucking say Nightmare on Elm Street. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that. No, that's what I know. That's what you were talking about. And yeah, um, apparently the uh, <laughs> the remake was not very uh, well recepted, from what I can see. Which okay, I I understand. I did the, what they remade Red Dawn. Oh yeah, they did. It was really stupid. number twenty two yeah, on the that. list. I absolutely fucking hated this movie. The the 2017 the, version the of the Tom mummy. Cruise mummy movie. I'm like, okay, so this is like, yeah. don't fix what ain't broken. Come on now. <laughs> oh yay! I'm glad they brought up the Wicker Man number 23. The Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, truly one of the worst fucking garbage piece of shit movies I've ever seen in my okay. life. Like, I that movie had the stupidest plot twist in movie history, and I just. Ugh, it was just bad. The bees, not the bees. <laughs> I en- it's so okay. dumb. I enjoyed the 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 ni- the 1998 uh, Godzilla movie. That's number 24 on the list. That's a remake? I guess it is. That would be the reboot, yeah. uh, technically, because it'd be like a remake of the old black and white Godzilla movies. Yeah, and then, Jesus Christ, the, the next one on the it. list is the 2019 Hellboy. I have not... I, I have, yes, this is the, this is the have, David Harbour one. I have no interest in even remotely watching it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I didn't... Okay, the 1999 Haunting is technically a remake. I remember that. That's the one with Liam Neeson. I can't remember if it was that one or House on Haunted Hill, but one of them has a scene that lives rent-free in my head where this woman is, like, recording on her phone or camera or something. It's like a handheld camcorder because of the age, and she goes down into the basement, and there's, like, an abandoned surgical room or something in there, and on the camera she sees ghosts of people doing surgery and stuff and then she looks up and there's nothing there and she looks back on the camera and they're still doing it and then on the camera they all turn and look at her like through the camera and she looks up and there's nothing there and she looks at the camera and they're all looking at her and she freaks out and runs oh shit like it's uh it's such an amazing scene i just can't remember if it's in that movie or house on haunted hill okay but they're both remakes technically so the 20 the day the earth stood still yeah yeah the counter i have not seen that one yet 
Oh, I forgot they did a 2020 version of The Grudge, which is a remake of a remake because the original Grudge is a remake of a Japanese horror movie. Yes. Um, so this one I did see. Now, the, the fucking death growl that was in the original, I don't, I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was in this one, but I think, I don't, I don't think it was. I think that's why it was so easy for me to watch this one, because that sound fucking makes me cringe every, every goddamn time. Yeah, without that sound, it's just not as scary. It's not the grudge. Yeah, no, I just, um, I, it, it, that scares the ever-living shit I, hell out of me. I didn't realize, yeah, me too, but that's what makes it such a good horror Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, the tourist... With Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie, I didn't realize that was a remake. But yeah, I also remember that movie not being very memorable. <laughs> I watched it, and I was like, okay, well, that was a movie. And then <laughs> the, 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 the 2006 Pink Panther with Steve Martin. I liked that one. I thought it was funny. I did, too. I thought it was I did. funny. I liked that, too. I like that too. That's a fun family movie, but you know, I I but at the same time I get it. I get why they I get why it's on that list, but I did like it. But you know what? It's okay to like things that aren't good. Yes. And it's okay to not like things that are good. Right. Uh, you know, it's just as long as you can as long as you can recognize it. Yeah. Um Okay, well, I guess that brings me to my next point then, because we talked about the good and the bad in video game and movie remakes, um, at least as far as we're concerned, anyway, and some, I guess, we looked up some lists, so I guess as far as the general public's concerned as well, but I reached out to some people and asked, and I got some answers. Okay. Um... I reached out and I asked people if they could come up with one good and one bad example of a movie or video game remake. Okay. And I got some answers from people, and I got several answers from some people. But I will start here with uh, my good friend Dylan, Funky Hurdles. Yes. Who said that the Cheaper by the Dozen remake is the biggest piece of shit that he's watched in Oh my a while. god, I fucking hated it. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, you agree I with that. I fucking yeah. he hated said technically it. Technically, the Steve. The, Technically, the Steve Martin one is also a remake, but the more recent, recent one, 2022 one, is Yeah, bad. it is. It's um, horrendous. Don't fix what ain't broken. He said, for good, he said, Evil Dead 2 is a sequel to Evil Dead, the first one, but it's also sort of a remake. Um, but, he because he hasn't seen the 2020, uh, 2013 one, but he also said that the remake of The Thing was actually pretty good. Okay. The thing, you know, the one about the, uh, well, the thing that's hunting people in that, like, um, Alaskan, like, uh, they're, like, stranded in this. I've not seen it. I can't, oh, oh it, it's a classic. It's definitely one of those, like, you've got to, this one's got to be in your horror repertoire, because it's, like, um, like, anybody calling themselves a horror fan has to see the thing. Yeah, I need to watch it then. You know? It's body horror. It's body horror. Okay. It's that kind. Um, uh, let's see. My friend uh, Mythos, a good friend of mine who um, watches a lot of my YouTube videos, not all of them, but damn near, um, been a very loyal fan for a while. He's uh, Darklight Dreamer's brother, if you remember Darklight Dreamer. No. Um, Rat, Raz. Um, and he may have been... Uh, May have been from a time that you weren't aware of, but yeah. Um, he said that he thinks that his um, 
the Final Fantasy VII remakes and the Resident Evil 2 remakes, he enjoys both of those as far as video games. Okay. Um, he said, as far as ones he didn't like or maybe was disappointed, he said, I guess the only one I can think of is remembering how disappointed I was when Bionic Commando got remade. It was an old NES game back in the day, so it's not like the original had stunning graphics or groundbreaking gameplay, but I do remember it as a fun little shooter with some cool mechanics. It had some cool weapon upgrades, and it was fun using the grapple arm in-game. I was working at GameStop back when it released and hyped it up so much to my customers because of my fond childhood memories. I think it's one of the classic NES games I actually finished. I imagine how disappointed I was when it felt like a sad, mixed ripoff of a bad Spider-Man game and every bad shooter game from the early 2000s. Okay. Its guns were all sad, weak noises, they had no kickback, and there were zero effects that made any of the guns look or feel cool or powerful. It was like a few different flavors of pea shooters. The combat just felt flat, the grapple arm was pretty cool, but much like some of the movie tie-in Spider-Man games, the physics for the swinging felt clunky. Definitely not smooth like Arkham Asylum or Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm. This was certainly not the hit from my childhood that I was hoping for. Oh, and the writing slash voice acting was so bad, they were definitely trying to be super edgy, and it was so cringy. But that was also a lot of games in the early 2000s. Okay. Is what he said. I don't mean to interrupt this segment, but that just made me think of another really bad remake. Okay. So, I loved the... Uh, the the games the the road rash games on the Sega Genesis. Remember how you could just ride mm-hmm. your motorcycle and kick or hit the your 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 opponents uh, to try and get them off the track. They kind of remastered it, not remastered, kind of like remade it from the ground up. Um, uh, for the PS4. And it is nowhere near what it used to be, and I, I'm, I'm super friggin' dis, super oh. disappointed. I'm glad I only spent like five bucks on it because there's no way in hell I would have paid sixty, seventy bucks for this, and I would have, I would have, like immediately, <laughs> I would have asked for a, a fucking refund. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> I didn't like the game. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, a lot of places are starting, a lot of digital storefronts are starting to implement more refund policies now. But it's done in a way that you can't abuse it, right? So, like on Steam, if you buy a game and you end up not liking it, if you've played it for less than two hours and owned it for less than two weeks, you can get a full refund. Oh, nice. Yeah, but you have to meet those stipulations. If you've, you can't just like, play like a 40 hour rpg in under a week and then be like yeah i want a refund i beat the game i want my money back no no because you, you got your money's worth they're not going to refund it because you played the whole yeah thing, you know at that point so but anyways um okay so i got an answer from ryan here. oh okay um um uh Rayquaza, rmk buried alive on twitch mm-hmm. uh brother-in-law he says I know it's not a true make in every sense of the word, it's a reboot, but God of War 2018 as a reboot slash soft reboot of the franchise was perfect. I really loved 
the Halloween 2018 remake as well, although that kind of falls more into the same category. Um, as for bad, he said, I gotta go for the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee games. None of the good outshone the bad in those games. Um, and I feel him on that a little bit. I, I'm not gonna lie. I actually, I have Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu for the Switch. Uh-huh. I kind of like it. I kind of like it, but I'm playing it with a big ass nostalgia goggles on. So <laughs> the thing that I know that I'm the thing that I'm pretty sure he doesn't like about it, and most of the fan base doesn't like about it, is actually what I do. <laughs> um, and it's the fact that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu is basically a remake of Pokemon Yellow for the Game Boy. Okay. Um, but it's got modernized visuals like the newer games on the Switch, but the gameplay is. When you battle people, it's the same as it's always been. But when you go to catch Pokemon, instead of fighting them and weakening them, it plays like Pokemon Go. Oh, nice! That's why they call it Pokemon. That's why they call it Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Yeah, and me, I'm a bit of a kleptomaniac when it comes to shit like this. So that actually like, uh, like triggered some kind of serotonin in my brain that was like, ooh, throw the ball at the thing and make it go poof. <laughs> You know, like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, I, I, I kind of like this, this is basically a more accessible version of the old game, um, but for the Pokemon, the hardcore Pokemon fans that play, you know, get the new games every year, mm -hmm. and they're like, you know, used to the traditional way of playing it, where you have to weaken it before you can catch it and stuff, it didn't resonate with them so well. They were like, this is just Pokemon Go, but like, in the 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 universe of like the original game so i um i'm I'm not gonna lie i liked it but i can see why other people did yeah but he also said uh honorable mention goes to the Mega Man battle network collection for bringing waves of fresh blood to a community that very much needed it so franchise it's a collection that just came out recently um they uh uh six games uh that got remastered for modern systems, the Switch and PlayStation and Xbox and Steam. Um, it's on everything, I think. Nice. And they're basically, like, they're Mega Man games, but instead of being the classic side-scrolling platformers where you, like, defeat a boss and get their powers to defeat another boss, it's, like, almost like a like a strategy game, like turn-based combat or a grid-based combat. Okay. Um, and, and you use, like, chips to power up almost in, like a like, a like a card-based battle system deal, you know. Um, I got an answer from my friend Sky, who said that the um, Resident Evil 1 remake is really good and still holds up after 20 years. They took the original PS1 Resident Evil game, they remade it on the GameCube. It still maintains a similar graphics and setting and all mm -hmm. that, but it's a bit upscaled, and they... It still has fixed camera angles, but they take away the tank controls, so you can use a modern control scheme. Um, nice. And they added, in order to make up for that, though, they added a new enemy type called the Crimson Heads, which are red-headed zombies that move faster than the regular ones. Um, and they added a new villain called Lisa, who is a, side of, a sort of mini-boss that you have to fight, and she has a backstory. Okay. Um, and then they re they remastered that remake and re-released it <laughs> on the PS4 about maybe I don't know like ten years ago or so. And yeah, it'll it's it's funny. So Resident Evil R E got remade and remastered and re-released. <laughs> nice. So um and then she said as far as bad 
the Netflix remake of Rebecca, which is a, a remake of an ultra, an old Alfred Hitchcock movie, which is based on a book. And she said that the new version is not not good. Oh, jeez. So, um, let's see. Uh, our friend Christina okay. answered this question and said that she, that she did not care for either the Jungle Book or Lion King live action remakes very much. Oh. She doesn't even, she barely remembers them. <laughs> um, but, uh, she's been watching someone play a remake of an old Sherlock Holmes game, like a, a Sherlock Holmes game that came out recently, I think it might be the Lovecraftian one, is a remake of a Sherlock Holmes game from like 07, and she's been watching that on YouTube and said that it looks really good. Um, our good friend PJ said, His Dark Materials is a series on HBO yes. Max, and I counted it because it's technically a remake of The Golden Compass. Yes. It's more of an ad- it's more of an adaptation, but I gave it to him on a technicality, <laughs> um, because it's actually an adaptation of the books. Each season is one of the three books, um, but um, but it's but they did the Golden Compass first, as, like the movie The Golden Compass, which is based on the books, but it wasn't enough for this kind of story. So the show is like a second. A second shot at telling that story, so I gave it to him because that is I I, I count that. Um, he didn't have a bad example. Okay. Um, Kenny, our friend Kenny, yeah, Kenny said that Welcome to Raccoon City, the Resident Evil based movie, was pretty bad. I've heard uh, horrendous he things much, about that. My uh... yeah, he did not much care for that. It's basically a retelling of the first. I, I again, I think I would consider this more of an adaptation, but I gave people some leeway on this. Um, yeah, it's this because we are going to do an adaptations episode down the road eventually. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard bad things too. It's basically a retelling of the story of the first and second game. I yeah, think. one of my old uh, my my old boss um, and a buddy and his buddy. Um, went to go see it in the theaters and they walked out of the theaters like halfway through. <laughs> it was that bad. Oh, well that's not, that's not, a good <laughs> no. And they were like, like huge fans of the, the, of, of the resident evil games. So yeah, that was, okay. that was, that was, yeah. <laughs> he said, um, he's, he hasn't really played, um, he he can't say much about some of the good things. He hasn't played a lot of remakes and stuff lately, but he's watched some videos and, you know, uh, Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. are probably, you know, uh, remakes that came out this year. He said they both look good. So Okay. Um, my sister Carissa, she said she kept it very simple, but uh, she's got two horror movie remakes, one good, one bad. For good, she said Evil Dead. And for bad, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, those were her. Those were her two answers. Uh, let's see. Um, that now I I got an answer on Twitter as well, which I'm surprised, but I did get one, and I got an answer from Aaron Schweitzer uh, at Schweitcastle, who uh, he he was running the CinemaSins podcast for a little while when they let one of the fans take over. He was doing that. Um, 
they're doing something different now. But, you know, shout out to him because, you know, listening to him do that podcast uh, kind of like <laughs> gave me the 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 bravery to kind of do it myself. I was like, well, OK, you know, this is. But anyways, he had all good answers. He said that these were all things that he enjoyed. He didn't have any bad examples for me. So his answers for movies, Casino Royale, The Planet of the Apes, Caesar Trilogy, Mm -hmm. 12 Angry Men, The Departed, and 310 to Yuma are, in his opinion, all good remakes. Yeah. um, Movie remakes. Video game remakes that he enjoyed or reboots or whatever, Tomb Raider, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the more recent one that is a re a remake of the original Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil 2, uh, Destroy All Humans, the Crash Bandicoot Trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and, oh, THPS, oh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, okay. I enjoyed Which, that one. I, I guess he, he liked that one. Didn't I, we just read a list earlier that said that that was one of the bad ones? No. Or was that Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD? That was a different yeah, one. Yeah, that one, I think that one was still on PS2. Okay, okay, I know what you're, t- okay, I see now. So those were the answers that I got. And if anyone else who is listening to this would like to provide some answers that I can read in the next episode, I would be happy to read more of them. Um... If you could either leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on one of the many platforms that this podcast is available on, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, um, you can email me at um, m-r-o-v-e-r-s-o-u-l-5-3 at gmail.com. That's mroversoul53 at gmail.com. Send me those answers and I'll read them in the next episode or find my tweet and respond to it so all right well nick before we wrap up here do you have any finishing thoughts on the topics of remakes and remasters um or before that actually let me ask you a quick question what what makes a good remake to you when it comes to a movie and a video game what do you want out of your remakes okay you know in the few in the future what do you want to see them do to make them to make sure that they don't fail okay so if you're if we're talking about um like a, a movie remake say let's see let me see if i can come up with an example Let's be more specific then. You brought it up earlier, um, Lilo and Stitch. What would make or break this remake for okay, you? Okay, so... What would make it for me... Would be to... Follow it to the very T. Maybe, ki- okay. maybe kind of like modernize it a little bit but not too much is that they might if you're gonna add something make sure it enhances yes it. exactly if you're gonna like because yeah, it, 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 it could be it's it could be good it could be bad i'm really I, I i have really high hopes for this one and i'm really hoping they don't fuck it up and what would fuck it up that what what breaks a remake Taking out original characters. 
Okay. They were going to they 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 did have like uh, Cobra Bubbles completely cut for a little bit, but apparently now they're bringing his character back because they've heard enough feedback from the fans. Okay. Okay. Kind of like, kind of like the 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 ugly ass uh, fucking Sonic the Hedgehog that they originally had at first before they fucking heard they got a fucking petition signed by a bunch of fans to right. have him re- reanimated. So what I'm hearing is uh, a good remake stays true to the source material, and if it. If, if it cuts anything or adds anything, it's for a good reason. It enhances yes. the, the story. Yes. But um, a bad remake is making arbitrary, unnecessary changes. Yes, that. Okay, I can, I can feel that. All right, now what about in the case of video games then? Because it's a different medium and you're involved in it. So what makes a good video game remake? Okay, and what makes a bad so... Remake? Okay, remakes... I haven't played too many like the, the as far as like remakes go, the only ones that I've really played, I've only ever liked the remakes that I've played, like the Spyro um, reignited trilogy. Well, think of it more in terms of um, a wish list. Like when you think of a game, you think of one of your childhood games being remade today, modernized. What do you want to see, and what do you not want to see done to it? Okay, so and think about the think about the controls too. You know, like ooh. you know, you want them to be smooth and modernized, right? You want them to feel yeah. re- responsive and not clunky. Okay, you know, you want them to take out outdated control mechanics and make them feel better. Yeah. Okay, so if they were to remake, say, one of my favorite. My all-time favorite Sega Genesis games. This game was super underground and super underrated. I don't know if they would ever do it. But if they were to remake Boogerman. <laughs> I fucking love that game. I, I, if I could fucking find a way to play it again, I would. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and I, hate, I, 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 I hate to burst your snot bubble. But, um, <laughs> That's fucking perfect. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think there's a lot of clamoring for a Boogerman remaster <laughs> or remake out there. You know no. what I mean? I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen many people kind of. I could see them wanting an Earthworm Jim one. Yeah. Uh, or Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know so much about Boogerman, but please, please continue. <laughs> this is a hypothetical scenario, after all. Yeah. Now, if they were to remake it, I'm sure that they would obviously like remaster like the graphics and whatnot. I would like to see them kind of like do more with it. Instead of it being a side scroller like Sonic the Hedgehog or um, like Mega Man, make it like like they did with the um, Sega Genesis um, like 3D Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, okay, more either so like a 3D platformer or maybe even like isometric. Um, or like Sonic 3D, you know. like like they, like they did with Sonic 3D in uh, on Sega Genesis. 
Ah, okay, but less ugly and with better controls. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Sonic looked like he got put through the ringer in that game. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm already too old for this shit. <laughs> Sonics never look better, though. I've been watching the Game Grumps play Sonic Frontiers, and, um, well, Sonic finally hit puberty after all this time, so his voice is deeper, but, <laughs> um, it's, he, no, he, he, got a, he got a different voice actor is what it is, but, um, man, I don't know, I don't care what anyone says, Sonic will always be Ben Schwartz. So, yeah, um, but yeah, but man, Sonic has experimented with a lot of different things. He was a werewolf. He was a knight. Now he's, I don't know, he's whatever Sonic Frontiers is. He's like a fighting in cyberspace and it's like Breath of the Wild meets Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Interesting. But with, so but with Sonic speed, <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, but, um. Okay, so so a good remake, um, you're saying, would modernize not only the game controls but and the graphics, but maybe even change the overall gameplay style to make it um, more accessible to a modern audience. Yeah, like, like, you're saying. like I, take take a side scroller and make it a 3D platformer instead. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like uh, I could see that, but like keep it as true to the like uh, like the original like story as possible. Okay, now but what would be the worst way to remake a game like that? What would be like how could they how could they mess it up? Example, example that would be would be the uh, the 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 Disney classic Aladdin and Lion King right there that doing it exactly the way it was when it was originally out and making it extremely difficult <laughs> oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's definitely an argument to be said about i am 100 percent in full support and i know that it's you know a lot of people with their a lot of people some people like a challenge and i get it and it's about the artist vision and all that but i think all games should have accessibility and difficulty options i don't care what they are yeah i'm not a fan of i'm not a fan of gatekeeping games behind challenge walls nope. i think that i think that art should be available to all exactly. you know i don't think that I don't think that art should be locked behind a box of... The challenge should be optional. The challenge should be for the people who want to be challenged, but for those who want to enjoy the story, there's that too. And I know you can just watch the cutscenes on YouTube and all that, but it's not the point. Being a part of it is the point. Yeah, You know exactly. It's... Yeah. So... But that's a discussion for another time. I could do a whole episode about gatekeeping, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, but okay... All right, so there, there we have it. There's our topic of the remakes. So, wow, that was um, that was a chonky discussion. Yeah, it was. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad we had it. I knew this was going to be a good one. Yeah, I, I um, enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. This was kind of like our 2022 year in review episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Once again, folks, yeah, let me know at the things and stuff that I said before uh, about your favorite and not-so-favorite remakes, reboots, remasters, yada yada. I'll, uh, I'll read your answers in the next episode before we get into next episode's topic, when we do that one. Mm -hmm. And, um, anyways, 
that'll be it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening and or watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, click that like button. It helps with the algorithms. Absolutely. Share this with your share this with your friends. Tell them about it. You know, tell them, hey, do you like nerd culture stuff? You like a couple of geeky weirdos talking about movies and video games and shit? Then you might want to listen to this because. You know, if there isn't already a hundred other podcasts just like it out there, <laughs> right. you, might, you might find some joy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, I am Justin AK Oversoul, and you can find me at Oversoul53 on Twitter and here on the YouTubes, and he is Nick AKA The Vaping Fiend, and you can find him at The Vaping Fiend on Twitter and Twitch. And uh, did you change that on PlayStation now, too? I did, yes. It is now the Vaping Fiend on PlayStation Network as well. Right, so if you watched Goat Simulator and you saw a different name, that's no longer the name. Nope, it's, <laughs> so. it's, it's uh, the Vaping Fiend across everything now. So, there you go. So, um, yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> once again, yep, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Goodbye.